0: Today on the Flavor Conservative Podcast, we have a special treat, uh, it's been a, a friend of the show, a guest that I've introduced before is saying she could just as equally beat you in chess or break your arms off and True. beat you over the head with them. <laughs> uh she served in the Marine Corps, she's an attorney, currently working uh, for the Trump campaign as an attorney, been the journalist for OAN. Yes. And and uh very specifically brought a lot of attention on the daily basis to the 2020 election, focused on Arizona. We can now add author. To the list of descriptions. Yes! The one the only Christina Bob.
1: Yay. Thank you guys so much for having me. I always love coming on your podcast. Thank you, thank you. Absolutely. We always learn a ton.
2: In fact, we were learning a ton before we even started recording. It's
0: <laughs> humbling. Humbling. Just <laughs> the amount we learned before brilliant mind. before the show even uh starts. You know, and, and and if you if you have any more accomplishments, we're gonna have to actually we won't actually be able to interview during the segment because your introduction <laughs> We'll, we'll, t- we'll take up the whole segment of time. There's no time. I'm sorry we had no time for Christina because her uh, accolades exceeded the amount of time <laughs> oh, lot. <laughs> for, for the show. But oh my gosh, what a great time to talk to you. I think about I you often when we're watching mm-hmm. Arizona right now. And I remember some of that footage. You know, we had you on back shortly after the 2020 um, elections. And there was the, the 24-hour footage I think OAN had on from like the skybox in the arena you know there and there yeah. was there was like the crazy time carnival. They got a permit to put in the parking <laughs> lot, and there's yep. just there was always something nutty going on with Maricopa mm-hmm. County. And it's and it's yep. kind it's kind of like with all of that attention, daily focus on all of the the mess up and the recount, and just mm-hmm. they, they're just watching Arizona run an election is like watching a monkey play jenga with oven mittens on or something. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just this is not good. This is terrible. And so you would think, for sure, coming in these midterms, these guys are going to have it buckled down and wired tight. They're going to be sober and show up early. Right? What a mess! Yeah, no,
1: it's awful. It's awful, and it's insulting to our intelligence that they expect Mm -hmm. us to watch this and say, "Yes, that looks like a really good election." And it's, it's almost like they're doing it on purpose, like they just want to drive in the fact that they're in control, there's nothing we can do about it, we can't question anything, even though the obvious answer is there was a serious problem at, at best. At worst, there was criminal activity, and we're not allowed to question it, and we have to watch as cowardly Republicans, the governor, Doug Ducey, mm. uh, the attorney general, Mark Brnovich, sit there with the corrupt Katie Hobbs and turn over the Arizona state government to a criminal organization.
2: Man, okay, so I've had several conversations even over the weekend about Katie Hobbs. If our audience doesn't know, I'm assuming a lot of them do, but let's talk a little bit about Katie Hobbs' position right now right. and how she was supposed to oversee this election. So can you talk a little bit about that as well? Sure, so she's currently the Arizona
1: Secretary of State, which <laughs> oversees and runs elections in Arizona. She's also the Democrat candidate for governor who was just- certified as the winner of the election yesterday. So, she she has massive conflicts of interest. Now, courts have said that just because a candidate is in that position, you know, doesn't mean that they have to recuse themselves. So she wasn't required to recuse herself, but she has a, a very serious conflicts of interest, not to mention the fact that this particular election was so poorly run. Mm-hmm. It was so mismanaged. You you had half of the machines on election day malfunction, which appears to be intentional. We see this in the Arizona attorney general's letter saying that the machines were tested the Saturday before, the weekend before, and everything tested fine. But then on election day, they discovered that the problem was that the wrong settings had been inserted, which means between the testing and election day, somebody changed the settings in the machine to make sure that they would malfunction. Now, the attorney general didn't come out and directly make that accusation, but reading between the lines, that's really the only conclusion. So you have malfunction with the machines. You had voters that were required to cast their vote into a Rubbermaid box because their door three, their third option wasn't available. So they said, here, throw your ballot in this bin and we promise someone will cast it for you eventually. So the the way this election was conducted, I would say is criminal, criminal negligence, criminal recklessness. It's just an absolute disregard for any type of lawful standard of election. And that was under Katie Hobbs's watch. One more thing, I know I'm long-winded on this, but another no, interesting people need important. to get caught
0: up here. Yeah. Because there's a lot. On,
1: on her, her position, so we saw the, the emails, which I'm sure we'll get into from her office to Twitter, requesting to censor something, somebody, we're not quite sure what it's for yet but we know that her office was censoring, which would be a uh, campaign violation. If she was receiving a benefit by censoring political opponents at some point, uh, she needed to report that as a benefit that her campaign was receiving, which of course she didn't report any of that. And she didn't disclose that her office was censoring people. Now, why that's significant is because as the secretary of state, if somebody in Arizona wants to complain about a campaign violation in Arizona, They have to complain to the secretary of state (laughs) and then it's up to the secretary of state to refer the case to the attorney general. If it looks like criminal contact, well, what are the odds that Katie Hobbs is going to refer herself to the attorney general? Great question. Probably not happening.
0: Pretty slim. Um, we got this, this tweet from you, um, um, Break this down a little bit, and we also have the the photo that's attached with it as well that we can show right. that kind of gets into this a little bit more.
2: Producer Colton, can you read it real fast yep. for our, Christina our said
0: Unreal. Katie Hobbs office contacts Twitter to have posts removed. So the Democrat candidate who ran the Arizona election, censored her political opponents, disrupted election day votes, and then threatened counties with prosecution if they didn't declare her the winner. Wow. And then here's <laughs> yeah. the email chain there. And, and you attach the receipts.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you have uh, the Democrat candidate who runs the election censoring some type of speech. We don't know what it is. So the email that was attached was redacted. So we don't, we don't have the original yet. We're working on it and not just mm-hmm. the original, but the rest of them, because I'm sure that's not the only email sure. that was sent. So that email was actually sent back in January 2021. So it was before either Katie Hobbs or Carrie Lake announced their candidacy, which would indicate it wasn't mm-hmm. Carrie Lake, that she was trying to censor. However, she never disclosed to the public that she was censoring anybody. And she had the ability to create a public forum and say, hey, we're censoring you know, hate speech or we're censoring very serious misinformation or whatever. There's probably legitimate speech that needed to be censored. So there's probably mm-hmm. some, some good censorship in there. We don't know though, because she chose to do it in a concealed manner without disclosing it to the public. So we have no idea. We could have had the opportunity to have an open forum discussion. Maybe people could have appealed the process if she censored one of their tweets, but she never gave them that option. She just did it and nobody was the wiser. So wow. we've got a lot of questions about what she was doing and, you know, what what did she suppress? Did she suppress mm-hmm. her political opponents? Which probably I mean, that speech was or that uh, email was from January 7th, 2021, which is, of course, right around January 6th. So yep. was it political speech or was it about the Arizona Senate subpoena that had been issued a couple weeks before that? Mm-hmm. That was hot. Uh, Right, so like, yep. what was it? What was she censoring? So, could, could you help our listeners out
0: with something real quick? You know, you were you were uh, ironing out some of my mental wrinkles before this this show started. <laughs> let's, let, let's 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 kind of see this new category. Could you help people a little bit with the idea of the First Amendment? Um, sure. What what exactly does that mean? Because I I thought I had a grasp on it, but then over the last few days, since Elon Musk has sort of opened up uh, yeah. some levels of transparency of 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 how Basically, tech platforms were an extension, basically, kind of the, the marketing arm or the technology arm of the Democratic Party. Um, some of the legal minds I've seen on some of the mainstream media channels, they'll even say, "Well, free speech doesn't protect speech mm-hmm. that's going to basically hurt other people's feelings," you know. Um, and they put that's these exactly kind of what it they, they, they put contingency <laughs> like that's on it. That's the
1: purpose like, of it. I'm like,
0: yeah. They'll say free speech doesn't include, and they'll say all these things. That it right. does include. So, it, are you allowed under the uh, First Amendment to say something that I would consider offensive, or that I wouldn't like, or that I would disagree with? It, like, if you said something like Donald Trump is the worst person in the whole world, and I disagree, should I be able to censor you and not be able to say that?
1: Well, I, I, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but yes, the so the First Amendment protects people from the government censoring citizens. Like, if you on your podcast, if you say, Christina, we don't want you to say that. Biden was an illegitimate president or whatever. You can do that. It's your podcast, right? You're not mm-hmm. the government censoring my speech. You're just saying you don't want it on your platform. And so when it comes down to the fact that Twitter was working with the government and, and censoring speech, mm-hmm. where it becomes a question is, you know, they were they were saying that it was somehow hurtful to democracy or whatever. It's a bunch of baloney any argument that the Twitter censorship of that particularly of the Hunter Biden laptop case like, that's a non-issue. That should never have been censored. That was completely wrong. And it 100% impacted the outcome of the election, right? 100%. So that aside, so for example, the the First Amendment says the government can't limit your speech. The Supreme Court has limited it in the sense that you can't go into a building and scream fire and cause panic, sure, and cause sure. everybody to run out. Like, you can't do that. That's illegal. So mm-hmm. there are limits on free speech but it's not, your feelings were never the litmus test for what's Mm -hmm. appropriate speech. That's that's because I could probably offend you if you're watching Mm -hmm. a movie and you guys are enjoying it. And I scare the heck out of you by saying there's a terrorist running, you know, around shooting everybody and you run out like that's going to offend you. Right. Right. So offense is not the standard. It's what is appropriate in our society. And you can't say things that, you know, cause that type of fear Mm -hmm. or whatever. But something that is, as much as like, oh, we don't like the New York Post's story, Mm -hmm. you know, no, that what what you feel
2: about a situation is completely irrelevant. Wow. Okay, so I have a question for you, because uh, with the Katie Hobbs situation with the Hunter Biden laptop, you know, conversations that came up a lot over the weekend from people that I was talking to is, is there accountability? What where does this go from here? What happens? Yeah. You know, is there accountability for this? What comes next?
1: Yeah, no, you're right, and I I have the same questions. So what comes next is I would expect Carrie Lake to file a challenge to the certification and she's got the rest of this week to do it. I know her legal team has been furiously working around the clock collecting mountains and mountains of evidence of problems and and issues in the election. So they're gonna file that case and have their their day in court. Now I would go so far as to say that I believe the facts and the law are on Carrie Lake's side the courts probably are not. So mm-hmm. how the courts are going to do the mental gymnastics to avoid this will be interesting. And then it will be interesting to see, because it ultimately will end up at the Arizona Supreme court. It'll be interesting to see what the Arizona Supreme court does with it, because I don't think the people of Arizona are happy. And I don't think that they will just go, ah, shucks, mm-hmm. we lost another one. So Mm. Uh, you know, this is worse than 2020 in the sense that in 2020, nobody wanted this to be reality, right? Everyone was going, you know what? The election was fine. It's fine. You know, when you're panicking, you're like, it's fine. Everything's fine. yeah. (laughs) So that's what everybody was doing in 2020. People aren't doing that anymore. People are going, you know what? It's not fine. We need to change some things. There are Mm -hmm. serious problems. And we, people have a greater tolerance for reality now than they did in 2020. And so, I think that's going to be hard for the courts to deal with, but um, I I would expect Carrie like to prevail in some way. I mean, we are an absolute banana republic. If the courts yeah. just rubber stamp yeah. this and say, yeah, well, it's fine,
2: right? Man, that is because so the downside
0: true. I would see. Let's let's just put civil war, civil unrest, all these kind of things to the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let's just let's just say our country falls into a state of apathy, where they just kind of look at this and they're mm-hmm. like. You know, some tech billionaires probably behind this. They're probably, you know, my vote doesn't matter. It's all rigged anyway. It's a big right. scam. I believe more in my American Idol mm-hmm. vote or something than I do my political vote. Like to me, apathy is the greatest fear. You know, right. where people yeah. just disengage. No, I
2: think you're right. And but just
0: kind of, you know, then there's no eyeballs on the process and no mm-hmm. accountability. Or you people know.
2: showing up to even vote.
0: Yeah, because they just yeah. don't care.
1: Well, I think we've been in a state of apathy. I think that's how we got here, mm-hmm. is people weren't paying attention. This is not the first time. 2020 was not the first election right. that had a problem. Right. It was the first election that, enough people, that got enough people's attention. So I, I think we've been in a state of apathy, mm-hmm. and this is the recovery. This is people going, okay, I, it's so uncomfortable. I don't have the privilege of being apathetic anymore, I have right, to get involved. And that's actually, if I can segue into my book, that's what I was basically what I wrote about in the book. I explain um, the problem stealing your vote. Please, please, please read it. I think it's so important for people to understand what happened behind the scenes and why the decisions were made the way that they were and how the 2020 election was covered up and what we do for 2024 and the whole point really is to encourage people not just to get involved but to understand their role because it, it takes no. all of us. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump can't do this by himself. Save America can't do this by themselves. You know, flyover conservatives can't do it by themselves. It no. takes all of us playing our part. And so my hope with with stealing your vote is that people will see themselves in it and figure out, "Oh, I could do that or I could mm-hmm. do that." And And I I got that on there
0: because you were sort of the face, you know, I, if I, if I even think of 2020, I think of of you like in the skybox with your microphone, it's got the OAN (laughs) and you're, you know, you're like day by day, breaking it down in those windows. Again, you were the guest on the show, there's things we could ask, there's things we couldn't, there's things you knew, there's things you didn't know, things you had access to as we went along. If people want to know what was your insight through this whole process, you know, and, and kind of walk through this, this is their chance to do it. If you want to know, Hey, what was going on in that arena? What was the temperature? What was, what was the vibe? What were people saying behind the scenes? This is your chance to be able to get that. I can't think of a better gift for somebody that is ticked off about the election. I can't think of a better gift for somebody who thinks there's never been a problem with the election. Than this book, so that basically sums up everyone in America. should get a copy of this well, book. Well, I and love I can't the think of a line gift. there
2: too. It's you know you've got the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024 because I think that's the question that everybody has. What does it mean for 2024? This yeah. is a great book, and people can pre-order it right now by going to Amazon. Put in "Stealing Your Vote" by Christina Bob. You can find the book there. Um, pre-order for 19.99. That's a great price. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's exciting. I think it's really important. That's what we have to find out. What does twenty twenty four look like and what can we do? To you, make got, a you got
0: you kind nailed one of our slogans. We always say in the show a lot. Everybody was sitting back hoping Donald Trump would do eighty million things to save America. Yeah, and, right. and and the real answer is we need eighty million Americans doing one thing each day to save uh, their own 100%. country. Yep. That's the power. The power is in from the bottom, working its way up, not from some tech oligarchs shoving something down yep. the throats of America this way, moving towards 2024, what can the 80 million Americans do to be working towards saving their own country as, as we close? What's your shot on that?
1: Yeah, get involved. Get involved in a grassroots organization in your community. If there isn't one, start one. Whether, you know, of course, I promote election integrity because that's my issue. But if you're worried about education, you know, join the school board, join a grassroots organization that has something to do with education. Whatever it is you're passionate about, Mm -hmm. get involved in a group somewhere in your community that is doing it. For elections, you can become a precinct committeeman, meaning you're actually working your elections and you actually have a stake in it. You can be an election worker, uh, a poll watcher, volunteer, observer. There's a lot of areas where you can get involved. You can contact your county GOP, your state GOP and ask, how do we get involved? Now's a great time to do it because we just finished an election. And so there's a little bit of a lull so you can get in before things get crazy. So just 100% the most important thing to do is find a way in your community to get involved and get involved.
2: i got all in the christmas spirit after decorating and we decided to make a naughty and nice list and Ooh. i have to say avery you're doing quite well really so we're trying to decide who all we're going to buy my pillow stuff for christmas you know if you use promo code flyover you get up to 66 off when you go to mypillow.com that's a great deal can't beat it for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com
0: promo code flyover
3: Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my original my slippers are back in stock. Last Christmas, you made them the number one selling my pillow product. And now I've added smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new colors. And with your promo code, you still save $90 a pair. What makes my slippers different is my exclusive four layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve stress on your feet. Wear them anytime, anywhere. You'll absolutely love my slippers and I'm extending my 60 day money back guarantee until March 1st, 2023, making them the best Christmas gifts ever. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save $90 on my original my slippers. That's only $49.98 a pair. Quantities won't last long, so please order now.
2: For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.